Yo, welcome to Voice Acting Up, a podcast where I interview working voice actors who are working their way up. I'm Sean Rohani, and today is part two with Andrew Racho. We dive deep into his journey from audio engineer to teacher at Calmanson and Calmanson, fun audition adventures, and a James Hong compliment. Yes, you heard that right. Let's do this. But anyways, just to switch it back to voiceover, because I know you you had touched on uh, Calmanson and Calmanson, and then yeah, yeah. I brought us way back into the abyss. But um, so <laughs> no, I mean, this all ties together because you know, as as I am a multi hyphenate. Um, I think all these things have really influenced the way that I've learned how to act, the, the ways I've learned how to be resilient, and the ways I've learned how to both teach and give back in terms of directing, too. So mm-hmm. I think this is all kind of just, you know, good, valuable mental stuff as it is, um, you know, practical stuff for voiceover people to do. Yeah, too. yeah, for sure. Like you said, I mean, just anything acting related, I feel like it's even if you're not talking about acting, sometimes that's more beneficial because so much of what makes you a better actor is these life experiences, whether it's through work or relationships or traveling or whatever. But um, so uh, you'd mentioned like you had been taking so many classes at Calmanson and Calmanson that eventually they brought you on uh, to be the audio engineer for some Mm -hmm. classes. Right. So, yeah. So like how long were you doing that until, and how did the opportunity come to start teaching there? So that was a interesting uh, story. So yeah, I worked with uh, the teachers there, and you know, I will give a lot of credit to all the teachers. You know, being an engineer definitely kept me in the game because you know, when you're starting off in voiceover, uh, especially around that time, and we'll touch about like what those days were early on. But you know, when there's those down times of like, oh yeah, nothing's come for a month, nothing's come for you know two months, three months, or whatever. Like, it's easy to just be like, oh, here's it's easy to drift now no matter what you're doing. Um, and so I think at least being an engineer like once a week reminded me, stay in the game, stay in the game, stay in the game. So it was beneficial. Um, but I do owe a lot of credit to the teachers and especially to Scott Holst, um, who's, uh, who was one of the teachers there who uh, I learned how to direct from watching him because he was very good at being able to um, to listen to a student and get to what was good, you know, what, what was good and uh, where they need to grow in their performances and to get them to focus and to have a good time doing it. And so when I was engineering and I was especially in his classes, I would think about what direction he was going to give them and see if I could get where he was going with it. And if I would give the same direction. And when I started to get in tune with what he was doing, I would start to, get better i started getting better about listening to what actors had to give which exceptionally helped me out when i started uh learning how to direct voiceover because it was basically i had to transition it from you know obviously we had actors and you know beginners and uh working pros in all those classes um you know and celebrity talent too but and all that affected my ability to direct when it came to directing celebrities and stuff but um but it was it was an easy transition to go into that work but i learned so much from just that experience of listening to someone direct and get them to a performance. It was, it was great. And eventually a Calmonson's moved to a, a different studio. Uh, and uh, at that point I was substitute teaching because uh, I knew this stuff and I'd had a lot of successes and I was directing and, you know, my career had taken off, but it's like one of those things you're, where, you know, uh, I, I think when you work with anybody or you imagine people like they stay the same in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, and I, I, I don't say this of, uh, 
the owners, but like it, it's easy for me to be slotted as an engineer and not necessarily see, even though they're in small steps, all the small changes that are going on. But they right. started to get it when, you know, when everyone, you know, was being like, Andrew's got this. Andrew's Andrew knows what he's doing. And they started to hear it. And when we move studios, they're like, do you want to be the engineer? I'm like, no. And uh, they're like, oh, well, we want you to teach. They're like, you're you're going to do that. I'm like, yeah, let's just stick with that and hmm. um, make that happen. And uh, for a couple of years, we did that uh, during the pandemic. They stopped. But we're going to be doing t- uh, classes again uh, over Zoom. So if anyone's interested in that or with uh, training with me, uh, Kalmanson and Kalmanson is the where I work. But yeah, it's uh, one of those things where, you know, you think about it in your mind. It's like if you think about like your high school bullies or, you know, like the people you might have been mean to like back in the day or, you know, like it, it's so funny. We hold on to a very specific moment in a in a past where uh, or other people hold on to those of us. And that's where people stay fixed in our minds, but we don't necessarily see them uh, grow. And I was very fortunate that, um, you know, uh, that uh, uh, the Kalmansons, uh took that time to to see that growth in me. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, the students have in turn been rewarded because I've, you know, all that training of listening to every teacher direct and all that stuff ultimately made me capable to bring the best of what everybody was able to bring. That's awesome. And, and, and you're absolutely right about that. Like whether it's audio engineering or I remember way back when I was a PA on some animated series, like the, the word. Do you remember which one? Yeah, well, I was um, so I started out as an intern at Titmouse, and I interned. Oh, on... I've worked for them; they're great. I love okay, them. Okay, nice. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, but yeah, there was Randy Cunningham, Ninth Grade Ninja, Metalocalypse, oh. China, <laughs> Illinois, Black Dynamite. Like it's as an intern, they I interned specifically on Randy Cunningham for a while, and then over to like Metalocalypse and those other ones, and they sort of just have you rotate to wherever you're needed, you know, to do some cleanup art yeah. or whatever. But um, the worry is as a PA, like if you do specifically that kind of work for too long, then people might only see your trajectory as like going on to be, I don't know, like a line producer or something not related to the art side, you know? Exactly. So, so yeah, at some point you sometimes have to kind of like you did make the sacrifice of saying no to the thing that people know you for in hopes that people know what you can be instead. Yeah. And, you know, this comes down to like these ideas of, uh, you know, we have to deal with this stuff, um, you know, in terms of actors, uh, you know, we have to label ourselves before others can label us. It's a it's a politician's move, but it's also a marketing move that we have to know that if we want to be known for voiceover, sometimes we got to put the social media posts with the microphone in front of our face that says, guess who booked and like remind people (laughs) it's like, guess who's this anime character guess who's in this video like we have to do that stuff and you know as much as we begrone it like the point of it is to not let other people label us and for other people to see us the way that we want to be seen and that's a hard thing especially you know in in all that stuff i know during my time at like you know robot chicken and uh shadow machine when i was working there um uh, I, I think the people who saw me for what i was capable of capable of bringing were the ones who ended up uh, taking me along. Now there were, uh, I was doing effects when I was there because, uh, that's what, uh, where they could slot me. And 
I learned to do it real well because I needed to keep ditching out to go to commercial auditions and, <laughs> you know, like run to your car, put on a, uh, put on a suit and then, yeah. you know, head over to Ross Lacey and hope nobody notices that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, or like even worse, Ocean Park casting when I was like yeah. working in Hollywood, like, but you know, the people who saw me there, like, uh, I, I credit, uh, Alex Bulkley, um, because he saw like, you know, when I would sneak in their booth and go do auditions, like uh, he, when I uh, robot chicken, uh, and I'm sure you'll probably want to get into that a little bit more, but like what I used during that, what, during that time when the, uh, the editors were uh, doing all the scratch tracks, I said, look, can I try that? Like I'm taking all these acting courses. Can I, can I do that? And they're like, yeah. And 90% of the time I stunk. Uh, but uh, as I got better, I realized 10% of the time I was really good. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> nice. like I, I didn't, and that's not me to my own horn. That's like, I developed the confidence by doing that. And I think, you know, the guys for giving me that opportunity to fail in front of them uh, and to do all that stuff and to make a, uh, you know, to be an awkward actor, to eventually learn to grow that I, in, in a way that I feel comfortable that not only that I can, you know, outperform the people I've idolized, but I don't feel like, uh, timid mm -hmm. that if I act with somebody that like, uh, like, Oh, Oh gosh, I'm never going to be good enough. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, let's do this. I'm going to be, I'm going to make sure I'm the most prepared. I'm going to be the best in the room. And I'm going to like that, like competitive brain in me says like, I'm going to do this better than everyone and play my role to like, to a way where I'm not showboating. I'm not trying to like, you know, ball hog or anything, but mm -hmm. I'm going to just make sure I'm the best in that room that day. And Set everyone knows it. Yeah. Yeah. Raise um, that bar. Right. And that's interesting. Cause like, it's so rare to have that opportunity outside of a classroom of like a place where you can get some real world experience and f fall flat on your face and have that be okay as you get better. So it's exactly. It's, yeah. It's huge. Like they, they gave you that shot. Yeah. And I, I credit, uh, Seth and, you know, Matt for a lot of things, you know, there were a lot of times I just, I had to be the one to take the initiative. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for like, uh, they hired me to do some behind the scenes stuff for them. And I turned that as an opportunity for me to record all the, the voiceover sessions, um, to shoot the voiceover sessions or using the, my PA time to like, when I had to deliver something to the recording studio to just sit down and watch stuff. And, I, you know, it wasn't, you know, I got to meet all the celebrities and see all my heroes work and all that stuff. And that was great because Robot mm -hmm. Chicken is such a celebrity driven show. But the thing I got to learn was all the, just all these little things like how a session ran. Um, I, I learned how to do efforts watching Breck and Meyer because he's an incredibly hmm. animated person in the booth. And I I credit that like, you know, all these things. And, you know, Seth and Matt were nice enough to let me do all these recordings. So uh, I got I got access to a world that during my training time that was something most people didn't see and especially with with having all those new scripts to constantly work on and fail at like i was not right for every role yet i had to read them all for the scratch track right so you know terrible accents were unlistenable but like <laughs> you know andrew home run you know softball shots were like yeah, I'll, I'll knock this out of the park really easily. And like, I learned, you know, not only what I can do, but 
it just, yeah, it was just a, a place to cut my teeth, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's like, again, it's just that sort of apprenticeship atmosphere doesn't really exist anymore. And it's so important. You just touched on it. Like, it doesn't matter how good you get through classes and everything, but you have to sort of ask to be given the opportunity sometimes. Otherwise, like all of that will be for nothing. You know, um, it's and it's hard to find those avenues. That's why it's so important to work on your own content or ask yeah. people, hey, can I do this or can I work on the scratch track or whatever? Um, so, you, yeah, you have huge. to find your your ways in and you have to make your opportunities because, you know, yeah, I mean, you've known from this voiceover world. It feels like I got into it really early when I think voiceover was at sort of its heyday in the same way that I, I you know. When I was working in radio, I was in its uh, the best times to be in radio, mm. uh, but it was on its way out. And voiceover, I got in the time, not saying it's on its way out, it just drastically changed. Yeah. But I was in those, like, I got to see the tail end of those glory days where your agents did all your, all they did was like get you and everything. And that's mostly what you had to worry about. You're, you were still auditioning for the big stuff. You'd go to all the casting houses. You had like the everyone there to, you know, uh, all your friends were there. You had a, like a huge social support system and you guys can just, you know, talk in the lobby or talk outside of, you know, the casting house and yeah. learn from each other. You um, saw, knew what people's faces looked like. Yeah. Yeah. And you could, uh, and for me, face to face is the way that I build connections best. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I could excel. And of course we saw, you know, over the years, how much the internet and uh, cold calling and, you know, being your own, um, you know, uh, self-sustaining, uh, business outside of relying on the, the old structures of things, how much more important that is now than yeah. it was before. Right. Uh, well, you mentioned, you know, you touch on agents, so that's a good mm -hmm. time to ask you about how you got yours. Cause if I'm not mistaken, you're with Buckwald, right? Yeah, I'm with, um, Buckwald and that's an interesting story. So Buckwald was, a is a New York agency, uh, and they're a huge, you know, agency, huge literary on camera, everything. And so, um, uh, I, I will credit my uh, friend, uh, Andrew Jones for this as a casting director. Um, uh, let's, let's, let's trail back a little bit to the story of how I met Andrew. He was, um, and why it's important to keep that group mentality. Uh, Andrew was a PA on uh, trip tank when I was directing there. And he just asked if he could sit in a session and he was like, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, Absolutely. And I treated him with as much respect as I would anybody else in that room. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then later on, he uh, uh, sent me an audition to uh, do this show called Like, Share, Die. Um, and uh, so they ended up uh, casting me in that um, uh, for a number of episodes for that. And Andrew and I, for over the years, uh, you know, he's somebody who's like, he said to me when I was doing that show, he's like, I'd get hundreds of, of auditions. There are about five people I knew I could rely on. Uh, and you're one of them. And huh. he always had this admiration for, for me and, you know, uh, making sure that I got the chances that, you know, in my, in, in the failures that I'm at always making sure I, I had, he, I knew he was someone who would believe in me and someone who would, make sure that I got my opportunities. So when, mm -hmm. uh, Buckwald was being formed in their LA offices, he, uh, he was buddies with, the uh, the agent there and was like, take a meeting with Andrew. He's like, and he's like talking me up and got me in front of him to talk with him. And, 
you know, I, I signed with them, uh, you know, uh, at that point, because obviously Andrew hyped me up and, you know, my work and my skill stood up on its own. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's how I ended up with them. And that's currently where, uh, where I'm at. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. And it's such a rare, again, like it's a rare thing to be able to hear from people in positions of casting that like, Oh, you're like one of the five people out of hundreds that I can rely on. It would be amazing if every actor could hear that, but obviously, you know, most casting have their hands full, you know, hearing from all angles, from agents, from producers and creators and stuff. So, um, yeah. But and yeah, I think that goes huge. to both Andrew's personality and to the fact that, you know, there was a trust that we had a, a history that it wasn't just like, you know, the presentation of actors is like something that we have to think about all the time is like you go and you do a workshop, you're at, you do your best. Hey, remember me? You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't that there was like a familiarity because we had, you know, that experience of working on uh trip tank, among other things um that he was comfortable talking with me and i was comfortable talking with him and treating him like a person as he would treat me like a person so he there may have been that zone of like hey look i you know i from him like i looked up at you as opposed to me like looking up to him and being like please give me a job he's like Mm -hmm. like i took i was we were able to both take stock of the idea that you know we're in this together there's no we don't need to see positions of power. We're both people who are trying to do this in the, the business and we're working uh, as colleagues, whereas I think a lot of times as actors and obvious, for obvious reasons, we see things as uh, power issues. You know, the casting mm-hmm. director is the one with the power. The actor is the one with no power. Mm-hmm. Or if the actor thinks they have all the power, then they're kind of on an ego trip. And I think, um, you know, we were fortunate uh, that we saw each other both as you know colleagues uh, you know uh brothers in arms in a way uh, yeah. against the the sea of troubles that is trying to make it in the entertainment world you right. know versus yeah versus being in that room and being like hey uh casting director i don't know if you've heard of me uh, uh, you know yeah email that'll go nowhere like you know <laughs> <laughs> right because even though like there's obviously some benefit to doing that and taking those classes and workshops and being in front of them like yeah. it's different than i mean neither of you had any intention behind like just being human beings with each other it's not like you were doing that because you knew one day he might get you the opportunity to you know be rep by an agency so yeah. like it's kind of I don't know, almost counterintuitive that like a lot of the times to to get make progress and get the things that you hope to achieve, you have to not go after them and like just be human beings with with people who are working towards a common goal. Yeah, I mean, I I think that goes back to that, uh, you know, what was instilled in me early, which is just like you're all here to help each other out. Like, I think there there are a lot of people who are that that fake sycophantic thing. It's like. You can, you know, talk with them. They won't give you much regard. But the second you're like, I cast something. Ooh, hey, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, there are people who are like that. I was at a party once with uh, some uh, robot chicken friends once. Uh, and uh, this guy came up to me. He's like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a PA on the show. And then he walked away. Oh, my God. It <laughs> <laughs> was the extreme version. But I think like there are a lot of people who are like, what can you do? Like in their mentality. And I don't think it's a bad mentality. I think it's just sometimes it's helpful sometimes it's not useful but like that thinking of uh what can you do for me then i can't if it's nothing i can't make you a huge part of my life 
mm-hmm. which is true to a degree. But I think that it's we you can know. it's okay. We can say it's a bad mentality. That's I'm I'm comfortable saying that. Don't I, walk away from PAs in the middle of them answering your question. You know, yeah, I think you got to I think you got to do your best to treat everybody like human with respect and and dignity uh, and as much compassion and care to want to you know see them do well. It doesn't mean you can spend all your hours you know helping them. Uh, right. achieve their goals because then at a certain point you have to worry about doing your own stuff and i think a lot of times you know we're all guilty of this of kind of brushing off people that we shouldn't mm-hmm. um and you know i i always have to keep reminding myself to not brush off the people who are either starting out the people who seem a little you know weird the ones mm-hmm. people are gonna you know not necessarily see i i think a lot of times uh, and I'm not saying this of like anyone, you know, in particular, but like mm-hmm. we um, we look towards the um, like the people who are at the highest and we're like, oh, we want that goal. So let's spend all our time around them and just like brush away everyone till we get to them. Right. And it's like, no, that's the, like maybe to a degree. And obviously our careers excel when we get attached next to um, people of note, because obviously, you know, it gets uh, attention. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you can't like. You, you can't disregard everyone it, it, it to get to that place because then it's like who wants to be around you um and then yeah. who's going to be there to support you when things don't work out yeah because that's definitely a part of this whole career is the ebbs and flows um yeah but yeah and um obviously it's not like the top voice actors i would expect to be constantly talking with people who are just starting and helping them out but uh i think a good barometer in general like if the questions they're asking indicate that they've actually like put some research into it and it's like a well-informed question before they came to you to ask it then by all means help those people but like yeah if it's a question that's like literally google search it you know and and you would have gotten the answer then it it doesn't it's just a bad first impression because it shows them as somebody who's not taking the craft seriously. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I, I, I still go back to like my thought of, of all this stuff. There's like that Matt Damon piece of advice. That's like, um, you know, when an actor says, I want to act, what do I do? Matt Damon, Matt Damon's like, don't do it. It's a terrible idea. And then mm-hmm. like, because the idea is like, if they really want to do it, they'll do it. But I think back to my growth, which was like, I probably would have been like, Oh, okay, Matt Damon. And I would have missed out on the joy that I discovered from acting. Mm-hmm. from it and i i don't think you can walk everyone through it and i don't think everyone's you know there are a lot of people who are who rely on the social stuff by far more than uh developing their own sense of independence which you know is part of that growth journey and being an actor but like I, I i take more to this idea of like i heard um nikki glazer talk about uh how she got into comedy whereas like uh she went to go see dane cook and then met him after a show and she's like, Dane, I'm uh, thinking about doing comedy. And he took her aside. And he said, this is exactly what you need to do. Don't, you know, work in this, uh, you know, work in a smaller market, grow yourself uh, larger, build an audience, cut your teeth, then move to a major city. Like he outlined it to her and she's mm-hmm. like, okay. And then she took the advice and did it. And I think that that's kind of how I approach giving uh, advice, which is like, here are the keys to the castle, your choice to open the door. Uh, if this is of any interest to you, mm-hmm. um, but I can't, wa- I can't walk you through every part of it. I can't handhold every part of it, but right. this is everything you need to get started. Uh, go on your journey um, and, and do your best. Yeah. 
That's that's wise words from you and Dane Cook. Um, <laughs> I've I've heard good things about like in terms of him helping others out. I know you know think what you want about him, but uh, it's always I, great to hear that. Yeah, I I I, I remember at uh, at uh, at uh, Robot Chicken. Uh, I think a lot, there were a lot of people around there who didn't like Dane Cook. So of course, me being a jerk, I got a Dane Cook poster and put it up. <laughs> <laughs> But like you know, uh, that's that's kind of my memory, and like we'd go back and forth about whether Dane Cook's funny. Like my, my thought was like, I get where everybody's coming from with his criticisms, mm-hmm. and I get that like there's a lot of like you know weird stuff, um, you know that people may not like. They may not like him for you know the things with like the Louis C.K. Uh, um, controversy that came out where it was like whether he was stealing jokes or not. Mm-hmm. Like when it came down to the end of the day. Every time I went to like the Laugh Factory or, you know, caught a Dane Cook show, I had a good time. So that was always my feeling on Dane. Like mm-hmm. he makes me laugh. Like I don't need to overthink this. Like if I'm going to a show like and I'm having a good time, like I I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So obviously we've touched on a bunch of different career paths. We've talked comedians. Mm-hmm. We've talked directing, acting, mm-hmm. voice acting, specifically writing farming um so (laughs) what like do you is your goal to always be doing like all of it and seeing what catches or is there one avenue whether it's voice acting or writing or directing that like you would like to be the primary focus i mean in a in a perfect world I would be in sessions all day long, you know, like, oh, we need you for three game sessions this week. Oh, with with a day in between to rest for each two hour game session where I could be a rock star and I get to be the lead role in this thing. Great. You know, (laughs) Uh, I'm going to work on this for six months. Perfect. And I can record from home and have time to work out love it oh you need to go film this for three months go run off on set see you later like in an ideal world i could schedule my life like that but we know what the voiceover industry is which is you know you you work a bunch of jobs that some of them are jobs some of them are like the most life-changing things you'll experience um you you get like two in a week two in the same day i still think one of my favorite days uh was I had to I had to work someplace, put a full day of work in. Uh, I just started this gig to make some money. I booked two commercials in the same day at the same studio across town in the morning. Like so, I ended up like working from seven in the morning to like one o'clock in the morning, or until oh, wow. they like literally kicked me out because I had to miss so many hours from going back and forth in these like commercials. Um, so we know what it is. It's like. It, it's feast or famine. Like you could have a good month. You could have a bad month. You could have an amazing year that changes your life. And then the next year is like you book three jobs and you're like, what, <laughs> what is going on? What's wrong with me? Like mm-hmm. the ball can roll or the ball can, you know, really fall short. And I feel like, um, in an ideal world, I'd be able to keep that going consistently, but that's not what, what acting is. Acting yeah. has never been that. So, you know, I think that like, for me, I want to keep doing what makes me creatively interested. And it it was never always one thing. It was always Mm -hmm. multiple things. And sometimes those things have led me to opportunities like for trip tank, you know, um, obviously like I, I could go to the, uh, you know, the casting director be like, Hey, I'm a great casting director or a cast or an actor. Uh, why don't, why don't you hire me? 
And it's like, great, but I've, I've got a roster and like all these celebrities and all this stuff, like, and also the, um, there's somebody in the studio who can record. And I'm not saying this is the situation for that show, but like, if you think of a show like that, it's like, what makes Andrew more important than bringing in someone like, you know, let's say a Bob Bergen or a Rob Paulson or something like that. Right. Right. Like, why don't I just go to the stock? Like it, they're, they're reliable talent. Mm-hmm. Um, however, me being able to do trip tank and write and direct, uh, Ivy was very kind to let me cast my own stuff. And uh, I was able to cast myself in a number of, of things because of that. So I had to build my own opportunities. And I think that that sometimes is what happens with um, with my ability to write or to produce or create other things. Like even with cartoons, it's like, you know, cartoons can be very feast or famine. So I'll end up either, you know, being in a series. And if there's nothing for a while, it's like, this urge to act is still there. How do I make my own opportunities? And I think that's been a driving force for my entire career is like, people aren't always looking up to me to say like, oh, Andrew's the, you know, he's the, he's the brilliant voice actor. We got to bring him in on everything as opposed to like, let's bring in this person. They've worked on all these things. And also like, so sometimes my other creative outlets are my own opportunities to, to make my own way in this industry to say hey like you know by doing this cartoon that opens different doors for me or by me you know having to animate for two weeks and just hating everything about computers by the end of it i've got myself acting and starring in a thing and doing the creative work that i want um i think back to this time i uh, directed james hong in this uh, tv show called um explosion jones for it was for el ray we i directed him and uh we ended up uh and of course it's james hong he's been in everything you, you know right. kung fu panda like i've just watched big trouble in little china like for the first time it was like <laughs> he's an amazing actor um and a really a delight to work with and everything he he told me i was a good director so i'm gonna take that to my grave <laughs> that's nice so uh so but we ended up getting food afterward with him and just like I noticed with every other actor and celebrity and everybody else I've talked to, it's like they're coming in to do the job. But the things you find that they're passionate about are these little side projects. He was telling us about this indie that he was like, you know, trying to get off the ground. And I'm like, this is just like everyone else, right? Isn't this just like, you know, obviously you and I act, but it's the equivalent of you handing out flyers to get people to go to your improv show. Like this doesn't stop for us creatives. Like, we need the thing that all keeps us creatively motivated, but also doesn't just like rely on other people to make our creative dreams come true. And I think that's so essential for, um, for everything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because one, on the one hand, like we said, you can create your own opportunities that way, but even if you're not creating your own opportunities, it's, it softens the blow of like, if somebody's only focused on voice acting and they haven't booked in a while, they can get in their head real fast. But like, if they're working on other creative outlets at the same time, it's like, Oh, well, that's too bad. I didn't book that, but I got this fun thing I'm working on. You know, you, you get rid of some of that desperation that so many actors uh, can sometimes give off when you have these other things that are engaging you. And I feel like in turn, that will make your, your the auditions that you are submitting much more bookable. Yeah. And I think it's like, you need a reason to send those emails. Hey, uh, you know what I've been up to? I, I don't know. Uh, it's some good auditions. Like that's a thing too. It's like, I think about, because I've been in this so long, um, doing all this stuff, you know, I've had 
I've had so many we're so close breaks mm -hmm. to having, you know, some really good success. And if you want to do something uh, of value, you can just say you can just consider yourself a statistic and be like, oh, well, maybe I'm somebody who gets 20 roles in my lifetime versus somebody else who got a thousand. Like you could just play your odds and numbers and stuff. And and maybe that's good enough. But I don't think for anyone creative, it's like, no, I'm here to entertain people. I'm here to do something creative. This needs to get out of me, whether you're the gatekeeper or not to my uh, uh, to my success. That wraps up my chat with Andrew Racho. He's been around and learned a few things like tip number one, consider developing skills required for any job where you hope to book. While Andrew has worked hard to be a working voice actor, his skills as an audio engineer helped him weather times when voice acting opportunities weren't coming and kept him in a room observing teachers and actors so well that eventually he got the opportunity to even teach at Calvinson and Calvinson. Two, don't be afraid to ask for opportunities. Andrew asked the people at Robot Chicken to let him do the scratch track for all the characters and in the process, learned what he's good at, got better, and was even able to keep a few in the show. Three, think less in terms of how to achieve things and what people can do for you. Instead, think about how you can connect with and help others on a human level. Ultimately, with your training and experience, your work will speak for itself. But having a lasting career really becomes about the relationships you make and grow along the way. And on that note, may all you voice actors keep acting up.